you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. All right. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse number 1. The word of the Lord says, Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and, and honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor. The Bible says, but he was a leper. And the Samaritans had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would that God my Lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of leprosy. And what I want you to understand about this verse of Scripture, it is unbelievable, it is very remarkable that she had such faith to say that God would heal him of leprosy because at this point no one had been healed of leprosy in the Old Testament. But she had a faith about her that said that if God would be with the prophet, I know that God would heal him and recover him of his leprosy. Mark chapter 5, and the word of the Lord, beginning at verse number 1, word of the Lord said, and they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the ship, immediately there met him of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Everybody say an unclean spirit. Who had his dwelling among the tomb, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. Because he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, day and night, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and he worshipped him. And he cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God that thou torment me not. Verse number 8, For he said unto him, Jesus said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And the scripture tells us that immediately the spirit came out of the man. Today, 
I stand before you humbly, and I stand before you with all sincerity to tell you that I believe that God has sent me here with a word. I laid on my face yesterday evening in this building, and I prayed, God, I don't, I don't want another sermon. I don't want a sermon that is just going to tickle ears and make everybody leave this place and say, my, did we not hear a good word. But I laid on my face before the Lord and I said, God, I need a word from you. God, I want you to give me a word that you want me to speak to your people. And I believe that he has done just that this morning. I want to preach to you for the next little while, for the next few moments, and I'm watching the clock this morning. But I want to preach to you on this subject, and I want to tell somebody that is in this house, you're not here for no reason at all, but you're here because God has ordained this moment for you. And I want to speak into your hearing that God wants to heal your present circumstance. God wants to heal your present circumstance. You've come into this place and you've been struggling. You've come into this place and it's the same old need. It's the same old thing day after day. But today, God's going to heal your circumstance. Today, God's going to touch your life and God's going to give you the answer that you have been looking for. Would you put your Bibles down? Would you lift your hands to heaven? And would you ask God, Lord, would you speak into my life today? God, would you heal my circumstance? God, would you touch my need? God, by the authority of your word and by the power of your name, God, I come against every spirit that is not of you, God. Every spirit that would cause a hindrance to the moving of the Holy Ghost, God. I bind it and I cast it out of this place right now in the name of Jesus. God, I loose your authority, I loose your power to work and to do a work in this house and in every life. In Jesus' name, and everyone shout amen. Before you're seated, would you clap your hands to the Lord one more time and give him praise. I want to declare to you and tell you this morning, the very beginning of this word, of this message that I have for you, that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus came to this earth. God robed himself in flesh and came to dwell upon this earth to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to deliver the captive, and to give sight to the blind, and to give liberty to those who are bound. In other words, Jesus came to curse what has been cursing you. Jesus came to undo every attack of the enemy. Jesus came to undo every, every harm, everything that the devil has done to you for harm. God has come to turn it for your good this morning. And I want to tell you today, and I want to declare in the Holy Ghost, that God wants to heal your current disease. That God wants to heal you of depression. That God wants to curse and deliver you from what has you bound this morning. And God wants to fill somebody with the baptism of the Holy Ghost in this house this morning. You see, the enemy would like you to believe that your present circumstance is what God has planned for your life. But that is a lie from the pit of hell because it's not 
It's not your present circumstance. It's not being attacked and being oppressed and depressed day after day that God has planned for your life. But God's about to unlock something in you that you never thought would be possible. You've been depressed so long that you just thought it would always be this way. But God's about to heal you of depression. You've been dealing with that sickness long enough and you just think it's always going to be that way. But God's going to heal you of your sickness. I wish I had somebody that believed it here this morning. I hope that you're not waiting on me to preach because I'm preaching to you right now. I'm bringing a word to you right now from heaven that God sent me here to tell you that God is going to unlock the miraculous in you, that God is going to heal you, that God is going to deliver you. The fact that the enemy has convinced us for so long that it's just always going to be this way. The devil's told some of you in this place that you're always going to struggle with sickness. The devil's told some of you in this place that it's always going to be a financial struggle for you. That's just your lot in life and it's just the way things are so you just might as well accept it. You might as well quit praying about it because it ain't going to change. Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? The devil has convinced you, the enemy has convinced you that it's always going to be this way. But I want to tell you this morning that God hates disease, that God hates struggle, that God does not mean for you to always live depressed and oppressed. It's not God's plan for you that you just walk through life and that you barely survive. But it's God's plan for his people that his people prosper and that we like I'm hitting a wall this morning. We're going to get past it. We're going to get past it because too long. I'm, I'm tired of the devil fighting with us. I'm tired of the devil convincing God's people that it's just always going to be that way, that you're always going to be sick. But I'm going to tell you this morning that today can be your day, that God wants to step into this place this morning, and he wants to heal you. He wants to deliver you. He wants to turn your situation around. It's not always going to be this way. My word says, the word of God says that weeping may endure for a night, but the good news is that joy cometh in the morning. It won't always be this way. It's just a season. And I dare say that some of us have been in this season way longer than God, than we were ever intended to be in this season. And I'll explain myself. I believe that some of us are stuck in this season of sickness, in this season of heaviness, in this season of depression. I call it a season because it won't last always. Just like winter's coming, the snow will fall, the cold will be, and we'll get depressed along about January and February and say, I wish it would go. Well, the good news is that one day it will go. The leaves will start growing on the trees. And in your situation, one day it will change. One day God will step in and say, enough is enough. Be thou healed and be thou delivered. Just. A season that God wants to deliver us from. God hates sickness. God hates depression. And God hates sin. 
And so that lets me know that what has been binding you is not of God. And it's not God's plan for your life. It's just a season. Jesus said in John chapter 10, I have come to give you life. And to give you life more abundantly. And sometimes we're sitting over here in the corner and we're sucking our thumbs and we're crying and we're complaining because God has just brought us to this place to die. And God has brought us to this place just just to punish us. But that's not God's plan. And that's not God's design. But that is a trick of the enemy. And I speak against that right now in the name of Jesus. It has no place in this house and it has no place in your life. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. More abundantly simply means to have a superabundance of a thing. To have more than enough. To have a a multiplicity of things. a, a, A flooding of a good thing. That's an overabundance an abundant life is, is, is abounding fullness of joy and strength for your body, your body, your mind, and your soul. And so today, I tell you, I stand in this pulpit on this Sunday in October, and I want somebody to write it down, that I, I come to this place with a word for you and tell you that God is about to heal your circumstance, that God's about to heal your situation. You may have come into this place sick in your body, but God's going to heal you. You may come into this place struggling financially and not knowing how you're going to make ends meet, but God's about to step in on your scene and work everything out for your good. If you believe it, clap your hands and give God praise. Jesus came to undo everything that Satan has done to you. 1 John 3, 8. He that cometh, committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil, that he may overcome the works of the devil. That lets me know that anything that the devil brings against you cannot last. There's nothing that he can stick to your life that will stay. There is no sickness that he can bring into your life that will take root. There is no situation. There is no temptation. There is nothing that the enemy can do to you that God can't step in and undo. There's nothing that the enemy can bring in your life that my God cannot overcome. I I, I feel that I'm qualified this morning preach this kind of message to you because I too have been there. I too have faced things. I too have laid on my pillow at night and asked God, God, why is it always going to be this way? Why am I always going to feel this way? Why am I always going to struggle with this? Why, why does it have to, why, why me, God? Why, why doth the wicked prosper? Why try to do good? I try to live for you. I try to work for you. I try to, I try to preach the gospel. And I try to work in ministry, God. But why do I struggle 
with the same thing day after day after day after day. And I believe that there is somebody in this place today that you feel just like I have felt. And you maybe have laid on your pillow last night and you ask God, God, why why do I have to deal with this? Why has this come into my life? Why is it the same old struggle? Why is it day after day and month after month and year after year? Why is it always going to be this way? But God sent me here this morning to tell you it's not going to be this way. But today is your day. God is going to come in in this place today. And before you leave, God's going to step in and he's going to heal your present circumstance. I know it looks bleak. I know it looks dark. But God's saying, I'm about to turn your situation around and work it out for your good. And I take authority over every disease this morning. I take authority over depression and oppression, over every voice, human and demonic, that would speak into your mind and to tell you that that it's always going to be this way and it's contrary to the word of God. I bind it right now in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. Lift your hands in this place right now. I bind it right now in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. Lift your voice and cry out to the Lord. We bind it in Jesus' name. I bind it in Jesus. I release the gift of faith to operate. You will be healed. You will be made whole. You will be victorious. It won't always be this way. You see, the enemy shows you what is. He shows you your circumstance. He shows you your situation, also that he can steal from you what can be. It's not about what is. He's not concerned with what is. He's not afraid of what you're going through right now. He's not afraid when you come to this sanctuary and you hit your knees in prayer and And you ask God, God, remove it from me. He's not concerned about that. But what he is concerned about, about what what your situation can become. He is concerned, however, that you will figure out at some point that that there's no, no, no situation that he can bring against you. That will overcome you. There's no no temptation. There's no disease that can overcome you with God on your side. That's what he is concerned about. He's concerned about that he can come in and he can steal from you what can be. If he can paralyze you, if he can paralyze me with the fear associated with our present circumstance, then he can slip in under the radar and rob you of the miracle that God has planned for your life. He's the creator of fear. We're fearful. We're fearful about our situations. We're fearful about what the next phone call may bring. We're fearful about what the doctor may say. We're fearful about what our kids may do and how they may react. Because he wants, to be, he wants you to be fearful and he wants you to focus on what is so that he can take from you what can be. Because if we begin to focus on the fear, if we get caught up in, in what things look like right now, 
If we just get caught up and just and just accept the fact that this is just the way it's going to be, then he has got you. He has already defeated you in your mind. And when you become defeated in your mind, there's nothing that God can do for you. But if you can somehow get your eyes off of what it looks like, if you can just look past what, uh, what you may be feeling, if you can just look around that situation that is in the forefront of your mind, then you can see it won't always be this way. But God is about to do something in my life. God is about to turn things around for me in my life. Psalms 53.5 says it like this. There were they in great fear where no fear was. For God has scattered the bones of them that encampeth Against thee. The word of the Lord says that they were in great fear where fear was not. Just like the enemy does in our life, he causes us to become fearful. Fear of the unknown, fear of the unexpected, fear of what's going to happen next. When there is no fear present, in our situation because fear is not of God. Fear is not a byproduct of God, but fear is a byproduct of the enemy. When he comes into your life and he tells you, you're always going to be sick. You're going to die in your circumstance. You're going you're gonna to live with this sickness the rest of the, your life. And you're going to die where you're at right now. That's where fear comes in. It's not of God. So we need to rise in the middle of our situation, in the middle of our circumstance, and say no fear is of God. The fear is not of God. And I I command it to leave my life because I will be healed. I will be free. And I will recover. Somebody clap your hands. See, 12 were sent out to spy the land of promise. We know the story well. Ten brought back a negative report. They said things like there are giants in the land. There are walled cities in the land. I, I know what God told us. I know what God promised us. And it, it sounds good and it, it looks good on paper. But what you don't understand, there are giants, there's walled cities we're supposed to walk into this land and we're supposed to take it over because God has promised it to us. But there is nothing that we can do. We can't defeat the giants, much less take a city that is walled that we cannot penetrate. They said things like, we've never been here before. It looks good. But I just don't think it's possible. And they said things like, we are as grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Oh, how many times, how many times on a Sunday 
morning or a Sunday night has God entered this house and wanted to do something in your life and wanted to heal you and it was God's plan and purpose for that service that you be healed, that you receive your miracle. But we've convinced ourselves that it's just not possible because this sickness is too great. My situation is too dire. My life is too dark. And we convince ourselves, just like these ten spies, and say, I know what God said. I know that God said that He is able, but I just don't think it's ever going to happen for me. We just roll over and we die and we accept things as they are. See, God had already given them the land. But they were paralyzed with fear based on what their circumstance looked like. They allowed fear to grip them and to paralyze them and keep them from from possessing the promise that God had given them. Fear was present where no fear should ever have existed. I tell you this morning, in the fear and the admonition of God, that sometimes we allow fear in and it grips us. But fear should not even exist in our lives because what should exist in our lives are the things of God. And fear is not of God. We open up ourselves to the attack of the enemy and we let him take a stronghold on our life. But I stand and declare today that no more, Satan, you will no longer paralyze God's people with fear. No, no longer will I allow fear to grip me. No longer will I allow fear to keep God from doing what He wants to do in my life. You see, ten of them had a lens issue. It wasn't just an issue of whether God could or couldn't, but they had a lens issue. They were looking at their circumstance through the lens of flesh. Looks impossible. There's no way we can overcome. See, when you look through eyes of flesh, fear grips you. Because at that moment and through that lens, we are magnifying the enemy and minimizing God. But if we could ever look through eyes of the Spirit, if we could ever look into the Spirit realm, then suddenly that would be reversed and God would be magnified and the enemy would be minimized because my word says that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And my word, my Bible says things like, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. If we could ever look through eyes of the Spirit, we will realize that there is nothing that can overcome us and nothing that can take us out when we begin to magnify God over the enemy. You see, the issue is with our perception. Our faith operates by our perception of what God's will is. And perception is powerful. Perception has the ability to either become a prison or it can become a pathway. 
I'm going to say that again. Brother Duggar's not here. Perception has the ability to either become our prison. It can bind us. It can lock us away. And it can keep us from what God has for us. Or it can become our pathway to what God has for us. It can become our pathway to our miracle. It can become our pathway to our healing. It can become a pathway to deliverance. Mark chapter 6, Jesus goes to Nazareth, his hometown, and he begins to teach in the synagogue. And they were amazed at his teaching, and they were amazed at his wisdom. But somebody begin to ask, is this not the carpenter? Is this not just Mary's boy? Is this not the carpenter? And the Bible says that he could do no mighty work for saving, save for healing a few sick because of the people's perception. Today I want to tell you that it does matter how you view God. It does matter how you view what God can do in your life. It does matter the perception of your circumstance that you're in right now. Do you see God as being bigger than your circumstance, or do you see your circumstance as being bigger than God? Are you looking through eyes of the flesh, or are you looking through eyes of the Spirit? Because if you would look through eyes of the Spirit, then, you, then suddenly you would understand that I, 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 I am not going to live this way. This sickness will not overcome me. This sickness will not take me out. I will not be depressed. I will no longer be oppressed, because God is greater than my circumstance. It wasn't the fact that it wasn't the will of God, but it was simply that the will of God was shut down by the people's perception of Him. You see, if you walk out of this place without receiving something from God, it's not because it's not His will. If, you, if we turn out the lights and we turn off the instruments here this morning and we walk out of this place and we go eat at the restaurant and we just go on as our normal Sunday routine and we didn't receive anything from God, it's not because it wasn't the will. Of, well, it must not have been God's will to heal me. That's not the fact, sir, and that's not the fact, ma'am. It's not that it's not the will of God, but it's simply the, our perception of how we view Him in the grand scheme of things and in our situation and in our circumstance. Because mercy is in this house this morning. Healing is in this house this morning. Help for you is in this house this morning. Deliverance is in the house. Salvation is in the house. There is somebody in this house that's greater than cancer. There's somebody in this house that's greater than depression. There's somebody in this house that's greater than diabetes. Jesus is in this house, and he wants to heal your present circumstance. Come on, if you believe that, clap your hands and give God. Be seated. I got to hurry. The, he's here. He wants to do it. But the only thing that can stop him from speaking life into our circumstance is our perception. 
And when our perception begins to change, and we see God as being able, and we see God as being willing, we see God as wanting to touch, and God wanting to move, and God wanting to heal, we release God to move. And when we release God to move, He will speak life into what was once dead. 2 Corinthians 4, Paul prayed that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. The life of Jesus is already in our spirit. But if we could learn to release it from our spirit and into our body, there is no telling what may happen in our lives. If we could just somehow release him in this house, I believe with all with all assurity that tumors would fall off. If we would release him to move into, into our situation, diabetes would go away. If we could somehow release him in this house, deaf ears would be unstopped. If we would release him, the lame could walk. Inflamed joints would be healed. The dead would live again. Because when we release him, he speaks life where there once was death. He speaks life into your situation when it used to be dead. Well, you know, I'm waiting on a word from the Lord. I'm, I'm waiting on God to speak. God's wanting to speak, but you got to release him to speak in your life. Well, I just don't know. I just don't know if today's the day. Well, today is the day. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Today is your day. It's whether or not you will release him to work in your life. It's whether or not you will release him to heal your body. Will you release him to, to work in your Would you release him over your finances? Would you release him over your family? Will you release him over your home? And would you release him over your children? That's the real issue. John eleven thirty eight, 38, Jesus was ministering in Jerusalem when he received a word that Lazarus was sick. And he turned and he said to his disciples, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God that is in the Son of, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. And the Bible says that Jesus tarried two days in Jerusalem. You've got to understand that Jesus loved Lazarus. He was close to Lazarus. And he's at the point of death. And they come and say, Jesus, you need to do something about this. And Jesus said, it's, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. And instead of going to where Lazarus was, he stayed and tarried for two days. By the time that he reached Bethany, the home of Lazarus, Lazarus had died and been in the grave for four days. Martha, we all know the story, Martha said, looked at Jesus and said, Jesus, if you'd just been here, Lazarus wouldn't have died. If you'd have just come when we sent for you, if you'd have just spoken the word there in Jerusalem, if you'd have just done something, Lazarus would be alive today. 
Jesus looked at her and said, your brother will rise again. And she said, I, I know he will rise. He will rise in the, in the resurrection. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. He will rise again because I am the resurrection and I am the life. And he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Jesus makes his way to the tomb. Said, Take the th- he said, take the stone away. Martha said, Jesus, by now he stinketh. He said, I don't care. Take the stone away. Jesus stood there at the mouth of that tomb. And with all authority that he had in his body, and all authority he had in the spirit realm, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. How many times have we looked at God and say, God, if you just would have done something. If you would have taken care of this a year ago, God, I wouldn't be in the place where I'm at right now. If you would have just given me a better job, then I wouldn't be in the financial situation that I'm in right now. God, if you would heal my body, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have diabetes right now, and it definitely wouldn't be at the advanced stage that it is right now. God, if you would have cursed that cancer in my life, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. God, if you would have just done it, then things wouldn't be what they are right now. Jesus stood at that tomb. He said, Lazarus, come forth. After he'd already died, after death had already taken over. After death had already gripped. After he'd already been wrapped in grave clothing. After his body had already begun to decompose. Jesus decided to speak into Lazarus' situation. See, Lazarus, when Jesus spoke, Lazarus got up from that place. Life had come back into his body. And he stood at the door of that tomb. One thing I want you to notice, yes, life had come back. But he was still bound by what death had put on him. He still was wearing the same clothing of death that had been put on him when death had won the battle. See, it wasn't enough for Lazarus just to breathe again and to to walk again. He could have just walked out of that tomb. Scotty wearing that same clothing, that same bondage. And he could have gone throughout his life, but he's still carrying the remnants of death. There had to be a point when Lazarus said, no, 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 no. I'm no longer wearing what identified me with my circumstance. 
Somebody needs to hear me this morning. I'm no, no longer going to be identified but what, by what my circumstance had put on me. I'm not going to, no longer am I going to be identified with what has been attached to me because of what I've been facing. I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let this circumstance, I'm not going to let what it has attached to me become my identity. And, and Lazarus began to remove the clothing that, that death had put on him. He began to remove the remnants of death. And he walked out of that tomb and he lived in the promise that God had given him in his life. I stand and I declare to you today that at some point when God speaks into your life, there's going to be, have to be a point where you're going to have to remove the remnants of what had you bound. You're going to have to take off uh, the clothing of what had you oppressed. You're going to have to take off that garment of depression. You're going to have to take off that garment of disease and say, I no longer am I going to wear this, but I'm going to take it off and I'm going to cast it down and I'm going to walk forward into what God has for my life. Stand with me in this building today. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I feel God wanting to move in this place. But we're going to have to unlock God to do the miraculous. If you're here this morning and you need healing in your body, you can unlock Him to heal you today. If you're here this morning and and depression has gripped you and fear has gripped you, you can unlock Him to release the supernatural in your life and depression and oppression have to leave. Come on, if you're here this morning and you need God to heal your body, He can heal you, but you're going to have to unlock Him. If you need salvation in your life, God's come today to give you salvation, to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, but you're going to have to unlock Him to move in this place. Come on, if you have a need in your life, You have a circumstance in your life that God needs to take care of. I want you to run down to this altar. I want you to throw both hands to heaven and say, God, no longer am I going to deal with it. God, no longer am I going to be bound with it. But God, I release you in this place. I release you in the atmosphere to move. I release you into my situation to heal and to deliver and to save. Come on, somebody, run to this altar. Lift your hands. Lift your voice. Release God. Come on, speak it into the atmosphere. Come on, Jesus changes everything. Just release Him in this house. Release it into your life. Come on, open your mouth and say, Todd, I release you to heal. God, I release you to deliver. God, I release you to do the miraculous. And I release you to fill somebody with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Jesus, you change everything. Change. Oh.